Welcome back to the journey through the Bhagavad Gita. We are trying to get through this in a year together. Super exciting. So I'm here with Chaitanya Charan, our teacher, and my fellow student and friend, Balaram. And we are going to, to start from chapter two, text 35 today. And we are still um, on the reasons, the material reasons that Krishna should fight. Or not, <laughs> that Arjuna should fight. That Krishna is telling Arjuna why he should fight. Okay. That's all I got. Thank okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you. So let's dive into the Gita. This is one of the sections where the Gita can seem confusing or even contradictory. So I will try to address that today. This is text 35. Bhayadrana duparatam mamsyante tvam maharatha yesham chutam bahumato bhutva yasyasilagavam. The great generals who have highly esteemed your name and fame will think that you have left the battlefield out of fear only, and thus they will consider you insignificant. So here, Krishna is continuing uh, the analysis of what Arjuna will have to face if he chooses not to fight. Mm -hmm. So Arjuna, he had choices fight or don't fight. So what will happen to him if he don't fight, if he refuses to fight? Krishna has talked about two things. He will get sin, which will, which will lead to a consequence in the next life, and then he will get infamy. Mm. So it's interesting that Krishna is elaborating on infamy more. He's talked about sin briefly, but he's spending multiple verses on infamy. And that's partly because that in the culture of warriors was an important consideration in their action or decision-making. The idea is that everybody needs checks on their power. Everybody who has power needs checks. Otherwise, they can become autocratic, they can become tyrannical. And for warriors, for warriors or kings, one of the checks on their power was a sense of honor. Mm -hmm. So their check, one of their checks was, that means, the sense of honor would mean that if I have given my word, I am going to keep it. So, this could mean honoring commitments, specifically, especially honoring specifically articulated verbal commitments. Like some people, it may say, you know, we have shaken hands over this, we agreed it, I trust you about it. Now, many people may not be trustworthy like that, but the warriors had that sense of honor, where they would honor the act, honor verbal commitments, but it would also mean they would act honorably in general. Now, acting honorably could mean two different things. One is that they act morally. That's honorable action, you know, morally, ethically, correctly. But it would also mean act in a way that protects 
their good name it's not just their good name it's a good name of their family of their dynasty of the community that they belong to they may the certain communities certain kings they had the reputation this if if this particular community makes a promise they will always keep it so like that you act in a honorable way because you protect the good protect the good name of the family the good name of the individual whatever it is so this is an important consideration for especially in the psychology of warriors now those who are into business and trade sometimes they might not have that much of a sense of honor but uh, but uh, ideally speaking everybody should be inspired to act honorably so those who have a very high sense of honor for them to be dishonored is very painful especially if that dishonor has come because of some dishonorable action that dishonor can also come from various sources so here that's why when we use the word there are many words sometimes if we consider um like a spectrum or a meter we have positive sense negative sense so we have ego or arrogance then we have pride and we have honor so generally speaking the word ego or arrogance has a negative connotation you might have a hotel by the name pride i haven't seen any hotel by the name arrogance or ego is it it <laughs> so now pride can mean that you know like this is something this is something elite this is something special you know somebody might say that uh, i feel proud of you mm -hmm. now that doesn't mean i am boosting your ego that what you have done when say when they say i feel proud of you that basically means that what you have done is glorious what you have done is honorable it's a way of praising and when i say i'm ashamed i feel ashamed of you i feel ashamed that i am related with you hmm? so what that means is that what i have done is dishonorable so when we use the word pride over there uh, that is not used in a negative sense not in the sense of ego or arrogance so the point through which this analysis i am making is that for warriors a sense of honor was a very much a part of their psychology and that's why for them dishonor is extremely painful and if people say to a person who is considered brave heroic uh, oh that person ran away like a coward that would be unbearable pain now uh, interestingly krishna has talked about something similar if you can say the bhagavad gita 2.2 and 3 krishna has talked about the same thing where where has this weakness come upon you this isn't be who you this is small mindedness this give it up arise and fight so what he spoke in 2.2 and 3 in one sense krishna seems to be speaking the same thing in 2.33 to 36 so now the key difference is in between there is knowledge of the soul that has been given so how does this knowledge of the soul apply see the knowledge of the soul it does not just because i know the soul does not mean that the soul will be the soul factor in my decision making 
I still am in a body. I live through the body, and the bodily conditions matter. So the idea is that sometimes, uh, when persuasion is to be given, there could be multiple, multiple motivations given for persuasion. Like you might tell a child, "Oh, you know, you need to study. Why? Oh, if you study, then." You will get that prize. You, know, you will can go in the school and then you get this trophy like your parents and your brothers have got. Okay, why should I study? Oh, if you study, then you can. I'll give you a chocolate, or I'll give you this. You want to buy this toy? If you get good marks, I'll give you a toy. Now, is that the best motivation? No, not necessarily. But sometimes it's more important to get the person to do the right thing than to. Get the person to do the right thing for the right reason. Hmm? Hmm. So now both are important, but relatively speaking, now if we have a if the child has to take an injection, a shot, now if the child understands, you know, this medicine is this is good for me. The pain will actually save me from bigger pain, and therefore I should take the shot. Okay, you can try to educate the child, but that is much more difficult. No, okay. If you take the shot, I'll give you a chocolate. Now, is that a good motivation? Good, not necessarily. But you know, there is, you could say there is a right action, and there is right reason for the right action. Hmm? So now, among these two, in many situations, this might be more important. So, in one sense. what krishna is doing is he is giving multiple reasons for the right action so in case of arjuna the right action is fight so now for this fighting he could give material reasons and he could give spiritual reasons so he's starting with material reasons hmm he's the material kind of reasons are he's kind of yeah. meeting arjuna where he's at huh in the material yes. consciousness yes exactly this is that uh, if we consider uh, swami prabhushla prabhupad so when he, he was a his prominent teacher of the bhagavad gita he taught the bhagavad gita all over the world and he one of the fundamental teachings that he offered was that our identity is more than our body that we are not our physical selves so he would say that that means we are not male or female that means we are not uh, indians or americans but then at times he would use that same identity for inspiring people so for example when i mean he brought american followers to india he said that you know you americans are known all over the world for doing extraordinary wonderful things and now you are in india do something wonderful for krishna otherwise what is the use of your being americans hmm so now we that being an american is a part of our identity we don't want it to be our whole identity but we can't deny that identity so if if that part of our identity can also be used to get us to act in a spiritually harmonious way a spiritually constructive way so then what's wrong with that so arjuna a part of him is very much he is the soul but right now he is in a body which is a kshatriya body 
it has kshatriya psychology and kshatriya physique so he is using that material reason is that arjuna's kshatriya warrior psychology can be used to get him the to do the spiritually progressive spiritually correct action so that's what is happening over here at this level in the bhagavad gita now uh is this contradictory to what krishna has said earlier that you know tolerate a pain and pleasure happiness and distress well yes and no it's it's definitely at one level contradictory but the point is that krishna is going toward the same target from different directions so it may be that see once i understand I, i understand my spiritual identity now that can give me a a a spiritual purpose for my actions and that's good but still i will have material experiences also if i am going out for a spiritual purpose say of sharing spiritual wisdom to a country which is cold right now i'm in australia fortunately it's not very cold right now in australia but i may come for a spiritual purpose but if my body is habituated to the warm climate of india australia can be freezing cold for me so my material experiences don't disappear now i may have a spiritual purpose but i need to be aware of the material experiences so so spiritual purpose purpose we are acquired and strengthened now material experiences remain now i may choose to downplay them but do i need to do that sometimes if there is a material deterrent also for me to doing some say a place is very cold and the place is also spiritually hostile not just unreceptive then maybe there's no need for me to go there so in one sense krishna is using a multiplong prong reasoning to get arjuna to the same conclusion that's where he's using infamy so in one sense in this section the knowledge of the soul the first level of application is from material perspective that is the idea that we've discussed this point you know, that knowledge of the soul it can lead to multiple levels you know i have a soul and i am the soul so i have a soul means i still think i am and the body but i have a soul a part of me which continues on and i am the soul so in one sense this is the level krishna is speaking at 2.31 to 37 and i am the soul krishna will start speaking that in the next section 237 to 53 so that's why what is doing okay if, if i have a soul a soul a part of is part of me is there but still my physical experience is real my emotional psychological experience is real okay then i have to factor that in for my decision making so that's that is the level at which krishna is speaking here okay i hope i have ad- addressed that now yeah that's really good so first krishna establishes the higher spiritual principle which is we're not the body we're the soul 
And then as he goes further in, he meets Arjuna where he's at, which is in this material experience and acknowledges that and recognizes that and says, hey, even within this material experience, this this is what's best for you. This this is this is what you should do and this is why. Yes, exactly. Perfect. So um, Baldam, any comments? No, thank you. Thank you. So let's go to the next text. Now here more or less is the conclusion of the section. Hatova Prapsisi Swargam Jitwava Bhokshase Mahim Tasmad Uttishta Kaunteya Yuddhaya Kutanishayaha. Prabhu, were we on 36? I think we were on 36, right? Yes, you're right. No, that was beautiful. <laughs> oh, okay. So I just started the explanation without reciting the verse today? I Yeah, maybe. I mean, no, we started with we 30. did 35, yeah. Okay, okay 35. 33, 36, Your enemies will describe you in many unkind words and scorn your ability. What could be more painful for you? So essentially, Krishna is continuing the same thread of thought. So we can, uh, Krishna is talking about infamy here. And you can read the next words. O son of Kunti, either you will be killed on the battlefield and attain the heavenly planets, or you will conquer and enjoy the earthly kingdom. Therefore, get up with determination and fight. So essentially, I think I discussed these options, but let's do them quickly over here. Uh, Arjuna's options. So Krishna, in one sense, has don't fight this option has been categorically ruled out by Krishna in these verses 30, 33 to 36. And then the options that remain for him are fight. And he's saying over here, when you fight, you may either win or lose. So let's look at that. Win, lose. So he was saying that you will when you get the earth, Lose, you get the heaven. Uh, therefore, this is what you should be doing. Be determined. <laughs> this is the best for you. So now, after this verse, so this is like the summary, but Krishna is not really interested in this level. He touches this level, but he will move to a higher level after this. So let's look at that higher level. And then this is where one of the contradictions in the Bhagavad Gita comes up. And then we'll explore it more in the next session. Sukhe dukhe same krutva labha labhau jaya jayo ato yudhaya yujjasva naivam papam avapsisi. Do thou fight for the sake of fighting without, without considering happiness or distress, loss or gain, victory or defeat. And by so doing, you shall never incur sin. So, here, Krishna is again going to the language of going beyond duality, happiness, distress, profit, loss, victory, defeat. So, it's like going back to the example of a child. You might tell a child, 
actually eating chocolates is not good for you it'll spoil your tooth it'll it'll spoil your figure it it, has, it is harmful for you and then the same child has to be given a shot and we might tell the child you take this take this shot i'll give you chocolate just now you told me chocolate chocolates is bad hmm yeah it's bad but right now if that is what will get to do get you to do a good thing let's do it so it's like that krishna in one sense if you chocolates bad uh, good well bad yes good yes if they get you to do a more urgent or important thing mm it's like a higher calling yeah a higher calling or a higher purpose Mm. So, but now, so Krishna has talked at that that lower level, and is uh, okay. You know, honor is important for you, therefore you should fight. But now I'll go to a higher level, where think of something beyond honor. That now, so in one sense, there is a stark contradiction. The previous verse only he said that if you win, you will gain this. If you lose this, you will gain this, and therefore. there's nothing for you to lose therefore you should fight but now in the very next verse he's saying it like 30 if you consider 37 and 38 so it's clear profit loss calculation and therefore he's saying fight and next verse he says give up profit loss don't consider profit loss calculation mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm. it's exactly the opposite thing and then he says this will keep you free from sin so you will never be bound you will never be contaminated by sin you will never be entangled so here what is krishna doing he is talking about how one can think of something bigger than material gain so there is material gain and that fa- that factor has to be considered because we live in the material world but there are times when we have to think of something bigger than the material gain and what is that bigger thing that is actually elevation to the spiritual plane of reality it is going to a higher level of existence that is eternal so uh, we will discuss this much more but uh, quick ah. explanation over here is that the gita gita talks about a quite a interesting cosmos so we are this is the earth hmm? and say below this is the hell above this is heaven hmm? but beyond this all is the spiritual world and this alone is eternal Mm-hmm. so this alone is eternal and this entire thing even heaven is a part of the material world and all this will be elaborated on future verses and the entire material world is temporary so even heaven is temporary so till now krishna has talked about how you can act in a way by which you can go here mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that is 231 to 37 now he'll be talking about 
how you can act in a way to go here. Hmm? Go to a destination beyond heaven. That will be 38 to 53. So yeah. it's it's like, okay, I'm in a I'm in a temporary house right now. And when I when I have to leave this house, when my tenancy runs out, tenancy runs out, then I want to go to a better house. Okay, then that is this is how you should plan your savings. But that better house is also a temporary house. Oh, then can I get my own house? Can I have a permanent house? Oh, okay. Okay, for that you have to do this. So, in one sense, Krishna is expanding Arjuna's perspective over here. So, here you can go to a, hmm, you can go to a, from present house, which is rented. This whole part is like a rented house, just temporary. But where this is the owned house, which is permanent. So Krishna is now talking about this, how to go there. That's his focus over here. Hmm. I understand now what you mean by Krishna's rationale being like multifaceted and that picture of the of the bullseye that you drew with in the last class with the different arrows coming from all different angles. So like whatever Arjuna's justification is, if it's on the material earthly level or material heavenly level or spiritual level, Krishna has uh, a, a rationale to defeat it. So that's interesting. Yes, true. Any comments, Balram? Yes, I was thinking how uh, a couple of classes ago, we were talking about how he was, uh, Krishna was discussing the long term. And then we came back down to the short term, and he said, you shouldn't do that. And now we're slowly coming back up to the long term, is it? Yes. It's like, you know, you could use this. It's a good rewind. Remember that I was going to speak that at the last point in the session. So great work. So you could say this is long term. But you could say this is short long term. If you could get that, you know. Yeah, you're yeah, yeah, thinking of the future house, but still you're not thinking of a permanent future house. This is, you can say, long, long term. <laughs> hmm? so, so, that way, uh, this is expanding the ultimate destination that can be attained. And in fact, Arjuna also notices sometimes when we are hearing a speaker speak and the speaker seems to say something which is it's outright contradictory. And actually, even if you don't ask a question, that question mark is there on our face. So, like that, Arjuna's, Arjuna's face has a big question mark at this point. And then, Krishna will clarify. So, the next verse will be a clarification of, uh, okay, I am speaking at a different level now. And then these two levels, this, you could say material long term and spiritual long term. I mean, that's a short long term, it's material long term and spiritual long term. So these two, the contrast between them will be addressed in the whole next section of the Gita. We'll discuss that in our next session. So mm. can I summarize? Yeah, before doing this with you, 
Prabhu, I feel like I had a big question mark on my face. <laughs> yeah, actually, for many people, when they get to section like this, the question mark on their face is not what does Krishna say, what does Krishna mean? It often becomes, you know, should I even read the Gita? Will it even make sense to me? Or can I understand it? Or does it is it self-sensible? Yeah. Some people who say the Gita is filled, riddled with contradictions. Yeah. Uh, it's an incoherent book, but it's not riddled with contradictions. It is very coherent, but its thought flow has to be, we have to analyze it in sufficient depth. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. So let me summarize what we discussed today. So I started, we started by talking about how Krishna is concluding that sense of section on the sense of honor. So we talked about honor it, that is used more in a positive sense. So it is positive sense to help as a person to do honorable actions, to honor their word of uh, their word. So we discussed a spectrum where when the word pride is used, it could refer to ego in a negative sense. In a positive sense, it could also refer to honor. And then the point here is that Krishna is using that sense of honor to you want to get the person to do the right action. That could be for the right reason, like get a child to take a shot because it is good for their health, or get a child to take a shot because uh, you'll get a chocolate if you take the shot. So not so right reason. So like that Krishna is given the not so right reason for fighting. So the right action here is fight. So not so right reason is like a lower level reason. That's in 231 to 37. And the right reason will be given from 238 onwards. It will go to 253. And then we discussed about this long term at multiple levels. When Krishna is contradicting himself, there could be material long term, which is still temporary. It's like, I'm thinking about the future when I have to leave this house, rented house, but still I'm thinking of a, another rented house. But it's spiritual, which is permanent. So Krishna is going to talk about this real, really long, long term or eternally long term in the subsequent sections. Thank you very much. Thank right, you. Krishna.